You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and QMPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Questionable Material. Now, I, I know what you're thinking. You know, a special episode. This is like when, you know, Brian, you know, finally gets his period or there's a pregnancy scare and it's a, a moment where the family sort of all gathers around the podcast player and, and has a long discussion after hearing or, uh, you know, uh, consuming this very special episode. But it's not like one of those old special episodes of television from the 80s and 90s. No, this is more special. And it's more special because I've upgraded co hosts. Now, a lot of you know and tolerate Brian Sack as sort of the um, the necessary evil to get your fix of Jack Helmuth. And I appreciate <laughs> that. I know that's what most of you do. But what I've done is I've gone out and taken our dearest podcast friend, our all-time favorite uh, friend in the podcasting world, Andrew Heaton. And I've asked Andrew to be the co-host today while Brian is off gallivanting. We'll get into that. Andrew, are you there? I'm here. It's a pleasure to be back. Man, it is good to have you back. Uh, Andrew, why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell us where you are and what you're doing? I am in Edinburgh, Scotland. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, uh, since, since you and I last spoke, I don't remember if I'd moved to Austin, Texas or not. Austin, Texas is a wonderful place, but it's fuck all hot during the summer. <laughs> so I decided the only way I could make living in Texas work was to not live in Texas three months a year. So I have been in Scotland since July. And uh, all sorts of crazy shits happened. Did you know their queen died? Did that come up in American news? The the, the queen of Scotland? The queen of Scotland. Yeah, but she like did like a timeshare thing in England too. So she was like a some kind of joint queen. Like they, they ran out of queens. So like one of the queens became like a, 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 a what are those what are those professors that does uh, I forget what you call them, but yeah, it's one of one of those things. Uh, and <laughs> an, so, an adjunct, yeah, all sorts of, an adjunct. That's right. I think there's. I think she's like an adjunct queen. Okay. Because uh, because she, she was picking up all the classes for the other queens or something, and uh, she died. That was a real big deal over here. Jeez. I doubt it made the papers in America because we don't have a queen. We wouldn't care about that. But uh, but it was a big deal over here. And uh, yeah, wow. I've been here for three months. So I'm here for about three more weeks, and then back to Texas. Now I, I don't want to because I'm just going to. Um, I'm going to speak for the, for the listener right now and say mm-hmm. that it is peculiar that the second you head overseas to this woman's <laughs> land, she passes away after defying all odds for uh, mm-hmm. and surviving basically every world war uh, of all time. What role did you play? When did you arrive there? And, and have you seen this uh, queen? Um, I want to state categorically okay i did not murder queen elizabeth ii <laughs> i have absolutely no culpability at her death mm-hmm. and just just me this is just me but i wouldn't fuck with the person that killed jeffrey epstein i, I my hats off somebody needed to end that monster the queen did it kudos to her i had nothing to do with it uh to my knowledge she died from natural circumstances uh completely uh not to do with me however um, mm. it, it was a little bit awkward timing wise because uh, she started getting the uh, started kind of tapping out. I was on mm. vacation or as the Brits call it holiday mm-hmm. with my Ooh. girlfriend. I didn't tell you this, Jack, but I'm dating a human woman That's from exciting. England who lives in Scotland. And we went to the Baltics. And when we were over there, 
because uh, I knew that that uh, Libby was in Scotland, and if she died, they were she was going to lie in state, and oh. and in uh, in Scotland, I was like, well, that'd be neat. Uh, not rooting for the old bird to die, but if she's going to do it, I I prefer it be you know while I'm over. Absolutely. Uh, and she started she started getting the uh, um uh started started uh, declining in her health, and I was like, oh no. Uh, again, I really hope she doesn't die, but I particularly hope she doesn't die before next Thursday when we fly back. <laughs> um, and uh, the timing worked out really well. I was able to see her lie in state at St. Giles Cathedral. Uh, I saw the hearse come in um, and uh, we, we had a nice moment. Uh, um, uh, Kate's grandmother, uh, who's the same age as the queen, passed away um like literally within 10 minutes of the queen's hearse coming through. So from the perspective of everybody that was looking, queen was the big, or, uh, Kate was the biggest queen fan in the whole lot. She's just crying there because her grandma died and everybody thinks, man, she loved Elizabeth II. But no, it's your dead grandmother. Well, I do, I do know your girlfriend loves colonialism. So she may have been <laughs> just sobbing at, at this, uh, this relic of the past. Now, now let me ask you this. Does going to the Baltics, uh, is that like a British euphemism or did you actually travel there? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, uh, well, uh, as you know, um, uh, because we are not wed, we cannot legally have sex in Britain. So whenever we want to orgasm, we have to leave the country <laughs> and, and go someplace. Now that might change because the queen was the head of the church. I don't know how it's going to work with this new guy. Chuck could be a looser character. I, look, I mean, I, I will say, you know, um, having sex is a great deal of fun and I highly recommend you do it you with know, this of, of girlfriend the, person. Six times I've done it. I'd say four of the times were spectacular. That's an insanely good percentage. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you're in the Hall of Fame of humping. <laughs> That's amazing. Good for you. Wait, wait. Can I tell you one more funny thing about the funeral? Yeah, gosh, yes, of course. OK, so as you recall, Jack. Uh, my girlfriend Kate's grandmother died, same age as the queen. I recall. You remember that bit? Yeah. Right? Um, so um, I, I'm. I want to be supportive, mm -hmm. uh, and and she she says um, uh, the funeral is going to be in a couple of weeks. Obviously, there's no obligation to come down, but if you wanted nice. to come meet my family, that would be. And I was like, great, let's mm -hmm. absolutely let's do this. That sounds fantastic. Um, and we we got down there. I thought, okay, I'm here to be um, supportive. Um, but there weren't very many men, so I immediately got drafted as the pallbearer. Oh. So I really got bumped up in terms of uh, official positions very quickly. And here's the kicker, Jack. Um, during the service, we come to find out that the maiden name of this nice lady was Heaton. Now, no. Jack, do you know what my last name is? Um, um, I feel like it's Heaton as well. It is, in fact. It is, in fact. Yes. So this required a lot of post-funeral Heaton making sure that I wasn't banging a cousin. Just going like, hey, did anybody have any <laughs> any, any uncles or nephews or anything over in Kansas? And turns out, no. Well, I mean, if there's any great way to sort of honor the royal family, it is to hump a cousin. That's true. You're right. I mean, if, uh, my credit rating will probably go up. <laughs> I think you get a castle once you do it. Nice. Okay. Look into that. Google that. What, now, what do they call Googling in, in Britain? I bet it's a totally crazy different word. Worcester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you, it's spelled, you should Worcester it's that. Spelled, it's spelled Worcester, but it's pronounced Worcester because on account of they got conquered by the French. So oh. we don't always pronounce ours and things. I mean, to get conquered by the French, how do you ever get over that? Right. This is obviously an important question, uh, Andrew. Um, did you uh, take a peek inside the coffin to get a look at what she's going to look like when she's older? <laughs> 
we're talking. We're not talking about the queen. We're talking about the uh, the the grandmother. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, no, good. Good question. So no, that's good because I thought about trying to open up the queen's casket when mm-hmm. she because I, I waited four and a half hours it's to a long see time. her lie in state. Yeah, uh, it's a long time. And I like towards the end, I did I did a couple of funny things, Jack. So first of all, when we're about an hour away from the um, the the cathedral. We've been there three and a half hours. Yeah, I turned to Kate and real loud I said. What the fuck? You told me this was for an Ed Sheeran concert. I got real angry. <laughs> and, and then started speculating of like, do you think she's really in the casket? Because no one like mm-hmm. if I were making a royal casket, I'd make it see through like it red lobster. So you could make sure that the person was in, but they didn't they didn't do that. Uh, it's wooden, and I believe they lead lined it so that I, I'm not entirely sure why they lead line it, but it's lead lined, so you can't X-ray so it. So Superman and can't see her. So see, Superman can't see anything inappropriate. And uh, I, I was like, well, see, okay, fine, we can't see her. Can we at least like crack the lid open in and you know drop in quarters or something? Yeah, like, like a that fountain. seems like a good make a wish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, put in a put in a, a quarter for the, the to make a queen wish. Uh, but they no, they never have none of that, Jack. But I, I uh, love they. They're not real funny about the queen when she's lying in state. But I love I love that your idea of a clear coffin is not like you know the Pope or some other head of state where you can see them. It's the lobster tank at Red Lobster. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a simple man. I've never worked in a fancy funeral parlor, but I've had some of their rolls. They're delicious. They got a little bit of cheese in them. They're really good. It's delicious. The, uh, you know, I think that was probably the Queen's doing as well is killing Jeffrey Epstein, cheese in the mm-hmm. biscuits, and then obviously murdering Diana. So I did an episode. Uh, we can talk about this in a bit, but I did an episode on the political orphanage on the monarchy, given given that I've been over here for this. And the other really fun fact that I learned is that Edward VII had a sex chair. Like he had a like a coital, like a gilded coital sled. Really? Mm hmm. That's amazing. So uh, the, the the political orphanage. That's real quick plug time. The political orphanage. That's my show. Uh, the political orphanage is designed for people that don't fit into red team versus blue team shenanigans. People who think for themselves. People that tend to feel a little bit outside the mainstream. Did a fun episode on the nature of the monarchy this this week or last week, but the week before. The one that I'd really love to plug is yeah. uh, when everybody else was talking about the queen, I did a two hour special on nuclear war. I did a really <laughs> intense episode on what exactly happens in the event of nuclear war. Who dies? Where does the president go? Would you survive in a blast? How long do you need to stay underground in the event of radiation? Just a really uh, fun and t- sort of like Dan Carlin plus Garrison Keeler and a gram of mushrooms. That's that episode. So it's any, anybody that's like, ah, I'm not big on the politics. Go check out the nuke episode on the political orphanage. Well, there you go. And, and, and I can say uh, both Brian, I will speak for Brian uh, on this one. Brian and I love your podcast. It is excellent. And we could not recommend it uh, more highly. Please, everyone uh, download, subscribe uh, to the political orphanage. It is really fantastic. Thank you. I, I understand that we have a caller on the line, Andrew. Uh, this is very exciting. We normally don't take callers. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, Particularly over on- Zoom. I'm very impressed. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> we have in- incredible technology on yeah. the show. Um, so, a uh, caller, welcome to Questionable Material with Jack and Andrew. Oh, hello. Hi. Hi. Caller? Jack, uh, what's your name? What, my name is Brian Jack. I'm just a little, I'm a little curious what's going on because I, um, I was just calling to check in about recording and you're, you said Jack and Andrew and I'm a little confused. Yeah. The like, podcast questionable material. 
Yep. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, that was when I, as I headed to the airport, that was still my podcast. It was Jack and Brian. You remember that part? Uh, you know what, J- Jack, if I may, um, caller, you've you. asked a great question. How do Jack and I stay so sharp and on top of events? I think it's because we've just honed our skills over yeah. so many years that we're able to keep bringing the comedy gold you all look forward to. Thank you for your question. Yeah, thank you, I caller. Just, I, yeah, Jack, actually, just it's Brian again still. I uh, just had a question. I, I feel kind of that my, my role in the podcast has been annexed, kind of like, like as if Andrew were a tank. And kind of rolled into my corner of the podcast and is now kind of claiming it as his own. Maybe you're going to hold a referendum. I don't know, but I, I, I'm not there for that. So I can't vote for myself. Uh, Caller, you, you said you had a question that was just a lengthy statement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so is this a permanent thing? Cause I'm a little confused. Cause I, you know, I, like I told you, I'm just dashing down to Florida to do some uh, to aid helping. Oh, aid helping. So so is this a thing? Uh-huh. Well, yeah. Well, the, this this chemistry you're, you're talking about with between me and Andrew Heaton is de- that's definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure, caller. Um, I mean, you're right, talking right. about annexing and tanks, and that does right. sound like I have a friend who sort of talks ceaselessly about uh, this alleged war in Ukraine. But uh, so that sort of is ringing a bell. Right. But I'm right. I gotta admit I'm. I'm not exactly sure. I I know that I used to have a podcast with someone about two hours ago, uh, but that person quit on me to go to Tampa for a freaking hurricane bullshit excuse thing because he works for the world kitchen thing or whatever. And now every time someone drops something in some state or country, you have to go fix it instead of like doing your fucking job on the podcast caller. You could call me Brian. You know, uh, Jack, whenever something bad happens around me, the first thing I do is call you and be funny. One time I saw a whole bus full of people get hit by another bus full of people. Did I help him? Yeah. No. I no. called Jack and said, do you need help with the podcast, buddy? I'm here for you. Fuck these other people. My exact words. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's how we're, we're different that way, I guess, because I, I think we have different instincts. You know, there's a comedic instinct and then there's like a... Samaritan instinct, and I think that's not as developed in you, maybe. Okay. Like I think I think what Brian's mm-hmm. saying is we're very funny. I agree, we're very, very funny. And and mm-hmm. if I were if I were less funny, I guess I'd I would take a silver medal as a good person like Brian. But as it is, I'm real fucking funny, so I don't do that. Yeah, if if okay. exactly the, the you're too funny to be going off doing sort of this uh the work that poor people can do. Yeah, I'll say that. Well, but you know, who else is gonna manage a warehouse? Hmm. You know, think about that. And yeah, going to do it in, a, in, a, in an entertaining manner, and I think that's really what it comes down to. Is I'm the most entertaining warehouse manager anyone has ever had. That explains mm-hmm. why I'm being uh, dropped everything and, and, and I'm flying down to Florida. Because certainly they're not used to preparing for hurricanes. Certainly, uh, uh, an erudite uh, upstate New Yorker had to fly down to help, but to help it in an entertaining way. No. Jack, I just want to reiterate, not only have I never helped hurricane victims, I'm not even confident I've ever heard of Florida and I have no desire to ever visit it. I'll always be here for you, Jack, and I'll always be on top of my game. (laughs) Clearly, you've shown both of those things already today. Boy, I guess the question is, Jack, um, you know, this I don't know. That's one of the things about this kind of deployment. You don't know if it's going to be a few days or they said possibly a couple weeks. Worst case scenario. Um, so I'm just curious is that will there, I mean, you know, say I come back 
And uh, would there be a chance, you know, I, I would maybe just Andrew would just kind of go about and do his own thing because he has like 16 podcasts of his own anyway. Uh, yeah. Brian, wait, hold on now. I need to step in here. Brian, you and I have been friends for a long time. What the fuck? You're trying to take my podcast with Jack? What is wrong with you? Like, this is I'm, like, what? No, I'm just, look, don't I'm calm just, down. He, get angrier because you are right in this case. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, just, just trying to. Here you are saving mine, kind of like people from the hurricane like, and that entitles you to come in and just like march around the podcast like like uh, uh, a Tito Mussolini. No, thank you. Nice. Nice. You know, think of me like Zelensky and I just want to keep what's mine. Oh, Zelensky. Oh, my gosh. There's a Ukraine reference. It's been two minutes. Anyway, um, this has been fun. Uh, uh, Andrew, who's calling from, you know, a professional place and Brian, who's calling from LaGuardia Airport. I, I wonder why. It's a why very I... nice airport. It's a very nice airport now. Okay. After, what, 20 years of construction? It, it looks great. Got to say that. Well, I'm just, I think Andrew I've, and I just got to cut found, that out of the show. I've found something to agree with Brian on. So far, I've found you a tad saccharine, Brian, and mm -hmm. not a little too pushy. But uh, but you know what? LaGuardia is a fine airport, and I'm glad we found some common ground. And I think ultimately we're both saying the same thing, which is mm -hmm. that questionable material with Jack and Andrew is a great show. Yep. Agreed. Caller, thank you so much. Um, good luck in uh, in where wherever you're going. Review it and all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's you should review our podcast. That would be great. I will. I will. Okay. Die. Thanks for call. Thanks, caller. Uh huh. Thanks. Thanks, Jack. Okay. Bye. Thanks, Andrew. Boy, that was uh, awkward. That was real. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, when you, oh, when you see somebody crumble like that, yep. just, it makes you. It makes you think. But uh, he uh, he had it all, and then he. I mean, it's 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 just what a waste. What a waste. Yeah. Well. You know, it, it was funny. I I, I, I actually had to spend up. the night at uh, um, Andrew. I'm talking. Uh, I had to spend the night uh, the other night at at Brian's apartment in the city. This is true. And and Brian was upstate, and Brian's wife uh, and his son were there at the apartment, and me. Uh -huh. And she greeted me in this robe. Uh huh. And uh, I'm not going to say I made love to her because um, it wasn't that classy. <laughs> you know, I, I've never made love to Brian's wife, but I showed a picture of Brian. Uh, to my girlfriend and she looked at it and she went, so that's the before picture. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's just, that's just Brian. And she's like, no, no, I get it. But they're like, but that's before. And I was like, no, 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 that's, that's just, he's like that all the time. And then there was just, we just stared into the darkness for five minutes. We talked about something else. We we're both so depressed. Yeah, no, that's rough. Well, you, you realize you just sterilized her, right? Yeah, that's true. That's I, I we're both, we're both just uh, barren now from, from having looked at those photos. Uh, man, that's tough. Well, you know, thank God for you. Thank God you're here. Yeah. Hey, I'm my still, pleasure, I'm man. I'm still here. Okay. So uh, it sounds like we should maybe uh, start a, a bit, Andrew. Sounds good. You were talking earlier about how um, you uh, recently had an episode of your podcast, which again is great, about uh, preparedness for a nuclear war. Mm -hmm. Can you um, can you tell us a bit? Obviously, all the good stuff made your primary episode, but can you tell us a little bit about the things that didn't make it? Like, you know, what 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 what's something very surprising that our listeners are aren't going to sort of be aware of? Uh, one of the things you have to do to prepare for a nuclear war: drink lots of water. 
I think that's the main thing that I'd emphasize is that you'd, you'd be surprised how uh, how dehydrated you would get during an apocalyptic scenario and uh, drinking lots of water. Uh, and uh, uh, I don't know, I'd, I'd make sure you've probably got some bullets, too. <laughs> so as if you're trying to lose weight and be on an exercise regimen, uh, lots of water and, and never and hurts, said, lots yeah. of bullets. It never hurts. No the bullets. I think would just, who knows what's going to happen after mm-hmm. the, after the, you know, who, maybe do you want to be prey or do you want to be a warlord? That's what grandpa Heaton always said. You're either prayer or warlord. He told that to me right when I went to prom and then, he followed me to prom and he told me in the bathroom. That's how important that was. You can either be prayer or warlord. So yes, I think you should probably keep some bullets. If the, if the, if the bombs, like, let's say the Russians go, we're going to bomb you in three hours. They're mm-hmm. gentlemanly like that. They give us a lot of advanced warning, right? Run to Walmart, buy some 22s, then go to your basement. And, and what happened to your grandpa? Remind me again of something spectacular. Well, I, I, uh, I, 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 for legal purposes with the International Criminal Court, I can't really go in depth on this, but right. he he did. Uh, um, well, he uh, how can I? He he kind of led a scout troop uh, expedition to the Congo uh, that he has not yet returned from, and has just really integrated himself into local culture in impactful ways. <laughs> That's great. So he really chose the warlord path. He, yeah, I, if, if, if we're gonna, if we're gonna just put the, yes, he definitely went full warlord. Uh, yeah. When, when he retired, he was like, I can either golf or, or I can, <laughs> I can get into that lucrative blood diamond trade I've been talking about for the last 20 years. And, and then he went, nice. I don't want to be one of those guys in my deathbed that never got into blood diamonds. <laughs> so he, 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 he schlepped off to the Congo. He seems to be doing pretty well. That's beautiful. That makes yeah. me happy. Yeah. Pursue your dreams, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. That's really great. And uh, how did um, how did warlording uh, affect your prom, by the way, just real quickly, quick aside? Well, it was weird having a harem. Uh, mm-hmm. That was that was slightly awkward. I, I didn't even want one, but but grandpa was real insistent and he had that machete. <laughs> so he just kind of coll- he 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 collected. Uh, just various ladies. Now, there's mm-hmm. nothing perverse going on. He did nothing with them, mind you. Uh, mm-hmm. But he he did he did send them over to me and and may have threatened to to murder some of the mm-hmm. dates they were with. Uh, and then he insisted that I dance with all of them at the same time. Um, <laughs> so I had to dance with all six of them. Uh, and, oh. uh, and and so it was it was it was weird. Uh, it was probably yeah. one of my 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 more strange relationships, I think. But um, but uh, it was it was a good workout dancing with all those all those ladies and that's great uh, yeah yeah it was it, it had a bit of pros and cons it's neat to be popular yeah that's right yeah yeah no it was good uh it was it made for fun yearbook photos uh, yeah, uh I, I, I i and oh i we had a prom king and a prom queen but he insisted that i become prom warlord and uh had sufficient firearms to make that the case okay when what happened to the king and queen uh, they, um, well, they questioned the incoming power structure, Jack. Um, and, and, uh, I, I, what grandpa said, I mean, this is his words, but, uh, the monarchy is, is based off of sclerotic hereditary inbreds passing power to one another, but a mm-hmm. warlord grabs powers from the horns of Satan and hoists himself up on a throne of blood. I think that's what he said. 
that was your yearbook quote. Kind of well, like I, 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 what I'm reading from him is a warlord is just a, a king of a meritocratic king, a king for the people. <laughs> You could be from anywhere in life and become a warlord. You could be the son of a warlord like George W. Warlord, <laughs> or you, you you could just be any old guy, you know, a cobbler or a haberdasher or any of those normal jobs people that listen to the show have. <laughs> you you really know our audience really well. Yeah. Yeah. Haberdashers, fishmongers. Uh, 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 yeah. 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 And adjunct warlords. Yeah, no, I, man, it's I, I got to stop sharing my demographic info with you. That's really um, creepy in its accuracy. Well, OK, so that's uh, well, congratulations and, and congrats on being prom king. I mean, it's Thank never, you. never too late to say that, uh, you know, to say that. prom warlord. The, they have <laughs> they have never brought the prom monarchy back at Deer Creek Public High School. Let me tell you that much. They live in terror. Uh, and <laughs> some member of my family shows up every year and just stands outside tapping the glass with a machete just to let them know, do not bring the monarchy back. Holy God. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, great. I, mean, I, I totally respect your family. Well, that's very exciting. Right, let's get back to this nuclear stuff. Mm-hmm. Very, um, uh, you know, that, that's some certainly good advice. Now, can you just sort of tell us about how, what the power structure, uh, how the American government would keep its, um, its duties to, to sort of keep the um, the government aligned. I'm, I'm not finding the word for it. Right. But, um, the, 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 the succession or the continuance of government or something like that. Yep. See, that's political orphanage, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I just do this goofy little thing. Uh, continuance of government. Now, there's some, some sort of surprising facets to how the American government would, would keep going in the event of a nuclear war. Would you mind sort of sharing some of the things that you didn't include in your podcast? Yeah. Well, the thing I didn't mention that's kind of grisly. Is mm-hmm. if you if you ever heard of the nuclear uh, the 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 football have you heard this yeah story? right of so that's the, the the guy with or the officer with, with the nuclear codes that follows the president around what you mm-hmm. may not have known is the president have, has a special pin code um, that it it's 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 like a, it's it's his unlocking code he has to open that up and that is kept inside of the vice president <laughs> and see what, what? They, they never quite spell it out for you but. If you gotta get to those codes, you gotta unzip that there running mate. So it's which is a good redundant practice to make sure that that nobody gets cocky. Uh, Nixon seriously considered uh, nuking Cambodia, but he just liked Agnew too goddamn much. He couldn't bring himself to do it. It's probably for the best. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So so how um, so for example. I don't want to be crass and, and use the current vice president because she's a lady. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but so we'll, we'll use the the, the previous uh, vice president. How did they insert the codes into Mike Pence and how would they have extracted it? <laughs> you know, it's really funny that you bring this up, Jack. Usually it's oral, but he went rectal and they kept saying you could do either one, whichever one you want to do. Uh, and he insisted. Uh, yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, he he had that. And that's uh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he said executive privilege, executive. He just kept saying executive privilege and pointing to his booty. That's exactly. Yes. He kept, he kept doing that uh, and, and required the, uh, the surgeon general to insert it, uh, uh, which was a, a, well, it's a an actual surgeon. Give, but <laughs> be very, very good. Uh, but, but, but yeah, it was, it was, it was awkward for everybody. Uh, and then whenever, um, whenever Pence would have a bad day, uh, uh, he would, he would, he'd go to the president and he'd just sort of unbutton his, his shirt and hold out a knife and, and just sort of tempt him 
to plunge the dagger and it was very disturbing for his aides. <laughs> no, I see. Yeah, that's that's no good at all. No one needs to go through that uh, in government as if government wasn't messed up enough. Uh, another interesting fact, um, Jimmy Carter wanted mm-hmm. to nuke uh, Iran. Uh, and so Walter Mondale went into hiding. Uh, he, he, uh, this whole thing, I don't, I don't know if you were paying attention back then, but basically a year of the Carter administration was just Jimmy Carter going around the country in a trench coat with a dagger, trying to murder Walter Mondale. He'd go from city to city and he'd do a speech and he'd talk about malaise and how they only, you know, that America needed to come together. And then, and then he real furtive, like he'd say, has anybody seen my running mate? Excuse me. Anybody seen my running mate? Walter oh, Mondale and Ooh. and then and then like and then Walter Mondale would go oh no again and he he kept <laughs> zipping around and, and the only way that we were able to avoid that warfare was because Mondale kept uh hiding in other countries until well into the uh, uh into the Bush administration <laughs> oh my gosh you know what that's though? to his what? credit Jimmy Carter still got him gutted him like a fish now by that time the codes <laughs> no longer worked but give it to Jimmy Carter he finishes what he starts I respect that I respect that, too. And I love that the man ran for president in 1984 without returning to the country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they explained his performance. Know, I respect Mondale for that, too. Uh, he he actually survived the gutting. It was very he was a strapping old dude. He was a real, real leathery guy. See, this is why Carter had that un, uh, uncontrollable uh, inflation, because he's too busy trying to gut <laughs> Walter Mondale. Yeah, he's just he's running around the uh, the Naval Observatory with a mallet like a like a like a cartoon uh, cat trying to kill a mouse. Yeah, it, it caused all sorts of problems. Yeah. And now I remember that quote and now it makes sense. There's there's lust in my heart and I need to put this knife into the heart of Walter Mondale. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. clunky, That's, but it's famous. You know, my, my parents have the commemorative plates that say that uh, they're, they're not even Democrats. They just thought it was such a catchy thing about plunging a dagger into the heart of Walter Mondale. <laughs> uh, and the weird thing is, if you look at the plate, it actually has the nuclear codes on it, which brings up a lot of questions of why why they needed to kill. Like, I, I would love to talk to him and be like, so was did you just want to murder Mondale or was with the codes? How did they get on the plate? I don't know. That's sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. That's sloppy. I don't uh, thank, thank you for sharing this with yeah. us, Andrew. This is really great. You know, one, one final thing, uh, just like a, a last question, you know, in the event of uh, a nuclear attack, what can we expect? Uh, you know, can, can we expect some sort of invasion or is it just sort of going to be fought, uh, you know, with with missiles sort of raining down and, and letting uh, America go to, to rot? Do you, do you know anything about sort of how mm-hmm. this will all work? Yeah, this is a little known fact. Um, uh, pretty much all Cold War, Cold War nuclear strategic planning focused on nuking Milwaukee. It's actually the only city that would be affected by this. No, um, no offense to anybody in Milwaukee. I've never been to Wisconsin. It seems like it would have great beer and cheese. And, and probably there's some sports teams, I reckon, that are real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nope, it's just them. So if you're not in Milwaukee, uh, actually, you're pretty fine. But the, the Russians figured out that Milwaukee's the the well, what they call the Walter Mondale of America, that if they could if they could manage to, to drive a nuclear ice pick through Milwaukee, that it would it would still the beating heart of the United States. That's I, I remember that because I remember how um, uh, how incensed Russians were. I remember reading this in history class um, about uh, Lavernsky and Shirley. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Lavertsky and Shirley, uh, we, we, they, they were actually, they defected to the United States. I don't know if you know this, but oh, uh, what? They, I didn't know they, 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 yeah. So they, they were, uh, they were the, the, the comedy, uh, premieres of, of, uh, Soviet Russia. Uh, and oh. they, um, they came over to the United States and they, they changed their names. They anglicized them to Laverne and Shirley. And then they had sex and produced Yakov Smirnoff. Which further just enraged the Russians. That's how we got Yakov Smirnov. Yeah, yeah, he was the damn parent. He was the the progeny of lesbian dissident from the Soviet Union. I mean, you always sort of expect suspect of it, but like mm-hmm. to hear it out loud, it's like mm-hmm. he doesn't. He doesn't like to talk about his paternity, but it's if you look at the photos, you can tell. You can tell if you look at the tabloid. Since Brian's not here and Andrew left, I, you know, and again, you know, Brian and I, I, I don't know if you remember Brian, who used to host the show. Mm, Ryan? Ryan Bag? You know, was it Ryan Bag? Was that the name? You know what? I, that sounds Ryan right. Gunnysack. <laughs> <laughs> he and I always like to have really topical references like Laverne and Shirley and Yakov Smirnoff. So <laughs> you are fitting in well. <laughs> That's great with my Walter, Walter Mondale reference. Fantastic. Glad to know that I'm, I'm integrating. I thought this might be a good time to play an interview that is on air that we actually uh, I actually recorded with the queen. I went over to um, to uh, the castle there in all in mid-August <laughs> and, um, and 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 had a sit down with the queen. So uh, I, I'd like to sort of play back uh, that interview for everybody to listen to. And again, this is this is right before she died, about a week or so before she went. And um, and so let's go ahead and play that uh, unaired interview with Queen Elizabeth. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Your Majesty, thank you so much for agreeing to be on questionable material with Jack and still Brian. Right. Good to be here. Thanks. Pleasure. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you look great. Uh, how, how old are you again, ma'am? If you don't mind my asking, I think it's appropriate to ask a queen her age. Oh, I don't know. I'll I, I ask Philp. I know I'm not a fuck hole. Uh, it, it's quite, it's a long ways, but I, I do, I, I stay in good health. Or every breakfast, I have a special breakfast I call uh, gin and Snickers. I have a Snickers bar blended up with the gin every day around nine o'clock before I smoke my fag. <laughs> um. No, that's great. Well, you, you, you look great. Um, clearly that lifestyle is, is working for you. I thank you so much for being here. I was wondering if we could talk about, there's been a lot of drama, uh, in your family. I was wondering if we could maybe sort of get some of that salacious stuff out of the way first, before we mm. sort of get into more of your story. Happy. I'm an open book, Jack. What would you like to know? Well, obviously the, 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 when Meghan Markle was was uh, brought into your family by Prince Harry, uh, it, it did not go over well there in the halls of Buckingham Palace. I was wondering if you could tell us uh, what it was like meeting her and what she's like and, and what happened with all that controversy. Oh, I was so drunk. I don't remember that day. I, I'd, I'd had I, I a couple of breakfast Snickers, gin. I think I mentioned that earlier. And she came over and I do recall saying, would you like some gin and Snickers? And uh, then... I don't know, we'll smoke some fags. And she she didn't want to do it. I was quite offended by that because I'm the bloody queen. And, and if I if I say you're gonna smoke a fag, you smoke one with me. Uh, but I, I can't it's, it's a bit blurry after that. I don't think it I don't think it went too poorly. 
mm-hmm. we, we had problems with uh, uh, my, my eldest son, Chuck. He was married to a lady named Joanna. And uh, everyone thinks we we killed her. We didn't. We thought about it, but we didn't kill her. And we get all this all this uh, uh, problems with it now. Uh, but we we didn't we didn't do that. We did we did kill uh, Jeffrey Epstein, but not uh, not Diana and not not Meghan Markle. No, I know I know she still is alive. So okay, so you don't remember the day you met her. What was what sort of is the controversy? Why is she dividing your family apart? Well, you know, I think the big issue, I suppose, is we like to play Wordle, and she doesn't <laughs> like playing Wordle with us. Now, that seems what? quite quite posh and uptight, but I'm like, I'm the bloody queen. If I want to play Wordle, you'll play Wordle with me. And then she, when she plays Wordle, she won't spell aluminum the right way, uh, which is what you make soda, pan, soda canes out of, and I spell it L-U-N-L-U-N. L-U-M-E-N-U-M, aluminum, and she spells it with A's and L's and all this Yankee bullshit, and I'm like, I'm the Queen's, Ma'am. Queen's English. Uh, and I guess your wordle uh, for the Queen has uh, up to seven letters? Right. I'm not a big math guy, Jack. That's me, hubby Philp. He's the math one in the family. It might be seven, might be nine. I don't know. How, and how, how is your husband? Oh, Philip, he's good. He's a Greek vampire. Oh, he's he's uh, he he be he, he's very good help. Uh, he, I don't like him driving no more, but he he likes to drive. So he's mm-hmm. he's been driving and and hitting uh, mailboxes and peasants and things. <laughs> but but uh, but he's nice. Nah, good. Hubby's good. Thanks for asking. Oh, I'm so glad. Um, you know, what was the biggest your son, Prince Charles, who, you know, if you ever pass away, God forbid, will eventually become the king. What was the biggest challenge of raising uh, Charles to, to be a, a fair and just ruler? Hmm. <laughs> well, I suppose I suppose it was he, he was quite precocious as a as a child, mm-hmm. and uh, he here's the thing. Uh, I remember this bit. He didn't like church very much. And it, it turned out, did you know this? I'm the, I'm the head of the church of England and bits yeah, of Canada, that. like bits of Canada. And it, and, I, and, and we, I talked to him and I was like, now nah, I know we're both atheists, but uh, this is this is part of the job. We got good vacation benefits. You got to suck it up. We're going to go to we're going to go there. You look the vicar in the eye and you'll say all the things. Uh, and he he just didn't want to do it, Jack. He didn't want to do it. He wanted to ride horses and uh, uh, shoot BB guns at, at peasants and things. And and that just it it that it was it was ever so difficult. But uh, we we had him uh, we had him gelded when he was 15. Uh, and that really after that, he calmed down quite a lot. That, that's great. I, you know, I was wondering, um, I, I know that y- you considered making some very drastic changes sort of based on your personal beliefs in, the, in God and the afterlife uh, to the church. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us what some of those uh, changes that you considered making were and, and why they were rejected. Well, I didn't think there was enough gods. Like, <laughs> I used to own India. You know this. Mm-hmm. It's where the food comes from. The curry. Mm-hmm. I own that. But no more. And I, one of my grandkids, I can't remember, I have so many of them, they gave me a flip book of all these Indian deities. And I thought, how is it that we've got 
wealthy London and we can only afford one God and they have all these gods. That doesn't seem fair at all. So I thought we could have like uh, a monkey god and in uh, like a, a god of Birmingham uh, and Leeds and other places. Uh, and, and but they they didn't they the between you and me, Jack, the church <laughs> the church tends to be a bit stodgy like that, and uh, they didn't want us to have any more gods. That's. And that's a shame. I thought it'd be quite fun to have an atheist God. I thought that'd be funny. You could worship the atheist God and he wouldn't believe in himself. He'd have like a little, there'd be like a whole subplot in the God story. But they didn't think that would work. You should have sold that to the BBC. That's definitely an eight episode series. Yeah. I'll see. Here's what surprised me, Jack. I was Mm. talking to my hubby, Philip mentioned him, and Philip, he brought up Australia. He said, I was queen of that. And I said, it's not a thing. Of no, Philip, that's, that's a film we saw in the theater with the yellow brick road and the dog and the tin man and all that. That's not real, but I'll be damned. It is, it, Oz is a real thing and I'm queen of it. This, this, yes, it's a real thing. Well, that's, well, I'm so happy for you. I'm so glad that you have so much more than you even thought. Oh, yeah. I hate to sort of uh, think about this in these ways, but, um, you know, eventually there will come a day where you're not the queen. Um, what do you think will happen? Uh, you know, when you pass, what, what will, how will the transition of power go? You know, what are the, for an American like myself and our audience who, who may not know how uh, power is transferred, can you sort of walk us through that? Well, I'm not sure I have to die. I talked to the Archbishop of, uh, can it's it's a chocolate uh, Canbury, Can, the Archbishop yeah. of Canbury. I talked mm-hmm. to him, and he said, as head of the church, I have to approve the passing of a monarch. But I talked to my hubby Philip. I am the monarch, so I'd, unless I signs that, and I'm real careful now, I don't signs nothing no more. Whenever mm-hmm. anybody needs anything at all, if I go to the bank, I just have somebody else withdrawn. I don't signs nothing. I don't do autographs. And so I do selfies, but I won't sign that because I'm afraid I might die. So I don't think I will. But if I did, if I did, <laughs> then my, my son, Charles, would become the king of England and Australia, if, it, if it's still real, <laughs> uh, and Canada and all of those things. And he would do a bang up job. Uh, he's, okay. he's, a, he's, he's just a, a great man. Uh, and, and you could rest assured he'd do wonderful. <laughs> That's uh, He's been I, a trainee, I, Jack, for 70 years. <laughs> Think about that. Most people, if they're training to do a job, can't be more than two, three months. But I made him wait 70 years, 70 years of training. He'd be quite good at that. 70 I, years of training, he'd be good. You know, I, I guess my final question for you, ma'am, you've lived such an incredible life uh, that has spanned some of the biggest events in the history of the world. I was wondering if you could tell us, you know, maybe something that, you know, we didn't know. I'm a World War II buff. Maybe something we didn't know about World War II or or maybe something we didn't know about Winston Churchill, who obviously you knew intimately. Um, would you mind just maybe sort of sharing a, a little um, blast from the past before I let you go? It was a good lie. <laughs> Talked a lot, but, you know, good for that. Led the war all that. Almost seemed like you owed him. Kind of felt like it. Uh, don't regret it. Um, yeah, no. I think that's the main thing I remember. I know we defeated the Germans, I think, a couple of times. Maybe three, I don't recall. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, yeah, no, we did all that. And um, let's see. Uh, well, I wrote a blimp once. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's exciting. We called it a Zeppelin. Right. It was English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. so I wrote a blimp. I banged Winston Churchill, smoked a lot of fags, ate me Snickers and gin, gelded me son, and ran the empire. I've had a good life, Jack. You've had a good life. Well, I'm sure nothing is going to happen to you. And um, and, and I, I thank you for your time, uh, Your Majesty. How, how do I, what's the proper way to, to end an interview with a, a, a royal such as yourself? Hey, you know, normally you're supposed to touch your forehead to the floor, but this has been a bit casual. That's why I took my boots <laughs> yes, off and unzipped my pants so I could kind of like just air out. Uh, so you could just, I guess, high five me. Okay. How about a fist bump? I feel like okay. a fist bump. Here, have a pair. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's let's have a few drinks. And 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 that, that brings to close uh, another great episode of Questionable Material with uh, uh, Jack and Brian. Thank you so much for the queen for being here, ma'am. Thank you. Pleasure. Pleasure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if if, uh, if anyone wants uh, to, again, check out... Uh, our friend Andrew Heaton. Uh, ma'am, do you know Andrew Heaton? Oh, I can't say that I did. Can't say I do, but oh, maybe uh, if he's on a blimp, I'll fuck him. <laughs> the Political Orphanage with Andrew Heaton. Check it out. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. I can still hear you. That was Questionable Material with Jack and Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our clips on YouTube. Visit us at qmpodcast.com.